Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 220 of the Speaking Club podcast. I want to open the show today with a quote from Simone de Beauvoir. Change your life today. Don't gamble on the future. Act now without delay. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognize the power of stories and humor in speaking. And because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organizations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey, hope you're well. Thanks for joining me again. Today, I want to talk about something that's close to my heart, and that is change. Change is the one thing you can count on. And in my experience, it's also the number one thing that so many organizations completely mess up. And there are two questions I want to answer for you by the end of this podcast episode. Why are most organizations crap at affecting change? And how can stories help leaders to make change happen successfully? And just so that we're on the same page, to me, successful change means minimal deviation from plan and budget, minimal disruption, and minimal loss of employee goodwill. Now, I spent a lot of time in the corporate world involved in significant change programs, and very rarely did I see them implemented successfully. So I want to share a little story, first off, that sheds light on one of the big reasons why change is so difficult. Now, you may or may not know, I absolutely love sci-fi. And one of the shows that I watch is a Star Trek spin-off called Picard. And don't switch off if you don't like sci-fi or Star Trek because they're just the backdrop for this story. Right, so let me set the scene. There's this supremely powerful being called Q who can literally change reality at the click of his fingers. Q is messing with time and has changed something in the past that results in the Earth dying in the future. And in order to save the planet, Captain Picard, or now as he's known, Admiral Picard, and his crew have to go back five centuries in time to 2024 to sort stuff out. But when they get back there, things do not go to plan. And an alien-obsessed FBI agent captures Picard and his friend Guinan, who is a sort of intergalactic bartender with ESP-like powers. So Picard and Guinan are stuck in this interrogation room while time is running out to save the future. And in the show, Guinan confronts Q about what he's doing. And Q is derisive of humans. And he says, humans, they're all trapped in the past. Now, Guinan sees the truth of this and shares it with Picard to help him get free of the FBI agent. And when Picard understands this message from Guinan, he asks the FBI agent, what do I mean to you? And then the agent shares how when he was a boy, he encountered aliens 
and one of them grabbed his head and was trying to crush his head. And he says that ever since then, he's been waiting for the next time that they come. And then Picard explains to the agent, that alien you met as a boy was a Vulcan and he wasn't trying to kill you. He was trying to erase your memory so that you wouldn't have to carry this burden. And once the FBI agent understands this, he's able to look at the memory with new insight and his perspective shifts, which enables him to be open to hearing and understanding what Picard is trying to do. And then he helps them escape. And Guinan says to Picard, human beings are so special because when they do the work to confront the past, they can evolve. But the trouble is, as you and I know, quite a few of us can get stuck and trapped in the past. And in my humble opinion, that's why we've got the war going on in the Ukraine at the moment, because Putin is nostalgic about the Soviet Union. And that's also one of the key reasons Brexit was so popular with older voters who were nostalgic for the British Empire. And it's also a big reason why organisational and indeed personal change is so hard. Because whenever there is something new, it usually means it's replacing something that went before. And that can feel like a loss. And often people will have an attachment to that thing, even if it wasn't perfect, whether that's an old IT system, a way of working, or an old boss. I remember being so excited to share the 80s film Highlander with my wife, Emma, who's quite a bit younger than me, and she's not seen it before. And I was like, it's brilliant. It's really cool. Then we sat down to watch it, and it was bloody awful. It was so dated, and the effects were, like, really bad. I turned it off pretty quickly. And unfortunately, it's a film that hasn't aged well. And so I was really disappointed but the thing is this, right, if I hadn't watched it again in the cold light of the 21st century, I'd have continued to believe that it was brilliant and I would have defended it to anyone. I had to have that perspective shift myself. I wouldn't have accepted it if someone had told me. And that's the human factor of change that so many project and program methodologies miss. You know, and I'm speaking from experience, I'm Prince to practitioner qualified, and there's not a mention of people in there, really. But the thing is, your job as a leader of change is to be the catalyst for people to have that aha moment. You've got to lead people to buy into change emotionally first before they can buy into it logically. And that is where stories come in. If you're a leader and your job is to begin the communications about an upcoming change, then you have a massive opportunity to influence the success or failure of that change. That's why it's so critical that you prepare for the talk thoroughly. And what I wanted to do was give you a little map for a story-led change talk that will give you an idea of what you need to prepare. So in that talk, you need to have a story, could be about your past, could be from a book or a film or, or one you've heard. Then you need to draw parallels between that story and the thing 
that's associated with the change. You need to deal with objections and then you need to ask, what if? And that means, what if we do this? What if we don't? Let me give you a quick example of how that might uh, sound. Um, let's say the change is a new IT system. Okay, here we go. Imagine that you've come to a, a all hands meeting or a, a company meeting and I'm up at the front. Okay, here we go. I wanted to open up by sharing a quick story with you about my dad. When mobile phones came out, my dad was an early adopter and he loved the freedom it gave him. But at a certain point in the mobile evolution, he got stuck. And for years, he resisted getting a smartphone. He said, I like the phone I've got. I know how to use it. I'm comfortable. It does all I need. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Then one day we were going as a group to a big family event and dad was traveling with me. And he saw I was using my phone to navigate us there and how easy it was. Then when we turned up at the event, he found he'd forgotten his camera. So I offered him my phone to take a few snaps and again, he saw how easy it was. So a few weeks later, I got a call from him asking me how to set something up on his new smartphone. He said, I finally took the plunge, but now I'm regretting it because everything is taking me longer to do whilst I get it set up. And then I saw him a few months later and I asked him how he was getting on with the phone. And he said, well, I still think they're overpriced and I still don't use half the things on here, but I've got rid of the sat-nav and my old camera and everything is much easier and quicker with it. And in some ways, the current systems we have around the business are like my dad's old setup. We have different systems for different functions and they don't talk to each other easily. And that makes things slower and more cumbersome. Now, as you know, we've resisted bringing in a new system that integrates all these functions and systems because of the investment needed in time and money, not to mention the pain of the transition. And that's because we know that there are many of you that feel comfortable and confident using the current systems and that learning something new might feel unnecessary and in some ways scary. We also know that some of you will be worried about the impact on jobs if the new systems come in. And we're also aware that some of you might be worried about the impact on our customers whilst we're in that transition and learning phase. But the thing is this though, we have seen our competitors make this change already. And we've seen how they've been able to streamline processes, reduce the onboarding time for new employees and speed up customer fulfillment. And if we continue as we are, we will get left behind. We'll lose market share, we'll be less attractive to work for. And ultimately this could lead to big job losses and an uncertain future. But if we are able to grasp this opportunity and make it through the inevitable short-term pain together, listening to each other and supporting each other along the journey, it will put us in a much stronger place, not only to secure the future of this business, but to seize more opportunities to grow. So, 
we think the time is right to make this change because of the dire consequences of if we don't and the brighter future that awaits if we do. Have any of you got any questions? Okay, so that was an example of how you might bring that little map all together. And obviously that wasn't with any data or information that you might want to bring into your talk at the appropriate moments. But that is the way that you can use stories at the start of the change to make that uh, path of implementing change smoother and more likely to be successful. But I would also advocate using them along the way too. First of all, this is important, the questions you get you know, at the end of that talk will enable you to see where you need to add more stories in because behind every question is an objection you need to overcome. And you'll need to build in opportunities to honor the past and allow people in the business to share their stories too. So you might be thinking, that's all very well, Sarah, but some people won't ever change. Yeah, and in some ways you're right. In any audience, you're likely to find three groups of people. Those who are already bought into what you're talking about and are supporters. Those who are on the fence and could be persuaded either way. And then there are the people who are firmly against what you're proposing. The aim is to win over the people on the fence so that the majority are on board. And with that last group, either they'll eventually buy in or they will leave. Then you might also be worried that you aren't creative enough to come up with a story. Well, the first thing to say here is that it is not a question of creating one. It's a question of finding one. And that can either be a personal story or one from somewhere else, a newspaper, a book or a film or a friend or colleague. And if you want to find out more about how to find a story and shape it to work in business, then do check out my free Snackable Story Challenge course, which will help you do just that. And you can find that over at saraharcher.co.uk. And the last thing you might be thinking is that, you know, you have disparate groups and it's difficult to bring them all together. Well, that's easily overcome because you can, of course, turn your talk into a video or even record the original talk and share it. And And the beauty of stories is that they spread like wildfire, even in global multi-site organizations. I'm pretty sure you've seen it happen yourself. In my experience of change, the hearts and minds piece is so often missing. And I believe that embracing storytelling to lead change is the part of the puzzle that could reduce resistance and cost of overrun, scope creep and loss of employee goodwill. Have a look at any great leader in history and you'll find stories, metaphors and imagery in their most powerful speeches, painting a picture of the possible futures that await in action or action. And in those speeches, you won't find facts and information because they don't matter until you have got people with you emotionally. So why don't you try it next time you have to talk about change in your organization? Or you move companies and have to introduce yourself to your new team who had that old boss. 
or you can also use it for individual conversations because it works well with them too, that little format I shared with you, that map. And of course, if you want some help to nail that big talk, then do get in touch uh, or head over to saraharcher.co.uk and see the different resources available. Okay, so here are your takeaways for today. People can get trapped in the past. It's your job to gently try and shift their perspective. You have to get people to buy into change emotionally first before you can get them to buy in logically. And in the map for a story-led change talk, you first have to share a story, draw parallels, deal with the objections, and show the future with and without that change. Listen carefully to questions as they always have objections behind them. You're aiming to influence the fence sitters so that the majority buys in and leads the remaining group through the change. And you don't need to create ideas for stories. You just have to find them. Okie doke. So if you found that useful, then do please leave a rating or review for me. It means the world and it will just take you a couple of minutes over at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC. And I just want to say thank you so much for choosing to listen to the show. Until next time, don't you forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. If you want to be more memorable and engaging when you talk, then you need to share more stories. Stories can help you better connect with your audience and their problems and get them leaning in more powerfully than anything else. And short, snackable stories are great to use in pitches, Facebook Lives, podcasts, videos, keynotes, webinars, blogs, in fact, everywhere to share your message and grow your business. The trouble is that finding your snackable stories and confidently sharing them can feel like a struggle. And that struggle can slow you down or stop you in your tracks. But that's where my free snackable story challenge comes in. Over the course of just five days, I'm going to give you resources, training and coaching to help you find your authentic personal stories to share and build your skills and confidence in sharing them. Not only that, but the challenge will guide you towards a tangible result at the end and assets for you to use going forward. The next challenge is starting soon. So to grab your space, go to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge right now.